Welcome to the Meditative Aiden podcast. My name is Aiden. And I'm Brock. And today we're going to be talking about um, one of the blog posts that you published earlier this year about um, your mindfulness resolutions for the year. Is that right? That sure is. Great. Take it away. Well, I think first it's really important to mention that just before we started recording this, um, Brock actually made a slip up that I loved and called this the Medicated Aiden podcast. And I hope that mindfulness doesn't sound like a medication. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so a mindful resolution. Uh, This was a blog post that I put up a couple months ago. And it kind of goes over a little bit of my backstory and how I got into mindfulness. And a lot of the journey that led up to the moment when I realized that mindfulness was was really important to me. So what was that defining experience that that led you to realize this new way of coping with life, really? I like that you say that, coping with life, because at the time, right before all of this happened, I was working a lot. I was you know, really stressed. I wasn't eating well, sleeping. I mean, all the things were going wrong. And the way that I was coping with life was by working more, working harder and, you know, drinking more caffeine, doing all the things I could just to stay alive long enough to do the work I needed to do for the day so I could get two hours of sleep. And the defining moment for me was when I was at work one day and, you know, I sat down in a chair and I just, I realized I almost couldn't move. I was so sick that like my, my body was giving up on me. Mm. I was so fatigued that it was just, it was, I couldn't move out of the chair. It felt like I was glued to it. And it was during that experience that I was like, holy crap, something's wrong. Like I, I, I'm broken. And I remember just staring at the ceiling. Like there was this little chart on the wall and I kept staring at it, just thinking, "I, I hope that this isn't permanent. And so I went to see my doctor shortly thereafter, who like he he specialized in psychology and mental health and actually recommended that I, you know, read a book of all things. He prescribed me a book after reading all my all my blood work and all these things. And after I was asking what pills would work, he gave me a book. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean it was it was a little different than than what I was expecting. Um, I think that was a really powerful moment for me to recognize that there are different ways of coping with life. And what I started doing then was, you know, I I started listening to the book. I started trying to figure out what the doctor was trying to tell me subliminally, which was take care of yourself and take care of your emotional health, take care of your physical health, your spiritual health, and stop trying to cope with this experience negatively. So what did he recommend that you do? So first thing was reading the book, obviously, right? Uh I mean, and then, you know, exercising regularly, eating well and getting eight to nine hours of sleep every night. But really the big thing was developing the ability to cope with my stress in a healthier way. And that was really the purpose of the book was to help me understand how to relate to my experiences a little differently and not take that stress home so much. Sure. And I think that's, that's really healthy. 
<laughs> it sounds like it. It was a lot, a lot healthier than what I was doing. Yeah. So a lot of what happened after that, I, you know, started, like he even mentioned meditation and stuff like that. And a friend had mentioned a meditation app that I should use to help, you know, cope, to de-stress, uh, yeah. find a little more peace. And after reading the book or listening to the book, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this meditation thing a try. So I downloaded the app and it was just right before work one day. I was sitting in the parking garage and I'm sure it looked great to everyone around. I just kind of like sat down in my seat, turned on the app, went on to the, one of the first free meditations and meditated for like three minutes. And I mean, it was cool. It wasn't like life changing at the time. Well, ex except for that, that's the really one of the first times that you actually took a few minutes and, and focused on, on your health and helping yourself. Yeah, you're in, right. In a long time, at least. Because I've known you for, what, seven or eight years now. And yeah. um, you, you used to struggle with finding time to, to take care of you so that you could have a, a healthy and balanced life. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like for me, it was even more stressful to see how I was coping with things. And then also knowing that I just, it felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so I was beating myself up over it and things yeah. like that. Do you remember that? I do. And you're right. Like the experience of sitting down was me allowing myself the opportunity to cope with things in a different way. Like up to that point, it had been caffeine and a variety of other things, working harder, just numbing myself out. Right. And which I think most people, or at least a lot of people do that. Right. With, I mean, probably without even realizing it a lot of the time. Absolutely. I think numbing comes in a lot of forms. Like for me, it was work, you know, staying busy. So I never had any time to myself. Uh -huh. uh, and for a lot of people that could be like TV, it could be video games, could be, you know, hanging out with people, but actually taking the time to sit down and work through the challenges you're facing was what happened in that three minute meditation for the first time. And I think that that's where things really started to change. Um, it was right after that, you know, I, I didn't meditate for very long after that. Like I don't think I meditated for another couple months, but it was always in the back of my mind. Like that was that it was a really neat experience to sit down and see some of these things coming up. And I actually tried this visualization practice at one point where I was, I was so stressed and just feeling so depressed about so many things, like nothing was going right. I mean, I was really, I was really struggling at the time. And I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, the thing is that a lot of people, I feel like hide that Yeah. when the truth is oh, yeah. that it's really widespread. Like everyone is experiencing this to some degree or another. Yeah. But during this visualization exercise, I actually, like, with some help from the guided meditations, learned how to visualize the, the stress and the depression that I was experiencing. And that was probably the most eye-opening moment when, and this might sound weird, it was kind of like I was talking to that experience. And... You know, I remember visualizing the depression as like this little blue blob uh -huh. and, you know, going back and forth. And it was kind of like having a dialogue inside of myself. 
where I was trying to learn where this feeling was coming from and why it was so powerful. Does it, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that, you know, among the variety of techniques that you learn to develop a greater sense of mindfulness, that was one of the most amazing ones and still is to this day that I appreciate. Well, that, that is mindfulness is taking things inside of you and, and being aware of them and recognizing them. Right. And I guess that it takes that awareness to be able to, you know, talk to them and, and work through them. Right? right. Because before you can work through something, you have to know what it is and that it's posing an issue. Right. And I think that when it comes to mindfulness, that is the very first step, really, is coming to be aware of what's going on. But even more, it's once you're aware, what do you do with it? Yeah, for sure. Because it's kind of like we were talking about with the numbing. A lot of people are numbing. A lot of us are numbing without even recognizing that we're doing it. And it's kind of like fighting a battle without any idea where the battlefield is. You know, when, when you take the time to be mindful and develop a sense of mindful awareness of what's going on inside of you, you kind of learn how to open up your eyes to that battlefield to understand where things are happening. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I think that after that experience where I was, you know, working through some of those depressive feelings, you know, I started to feel a lot more peace and a lot more connection with my meditative practice. And I really, I, I want to mention in particular that meditation is a really powerful tool for me to develop mindfulness, but it's not necessarily the only tool. There are a variety of tools that are available and every single tool works differently for every single person. Like I know for you, Brock, like meditation is probably really, really hard. So I have ADHD and it's hard for me to sit here talking into a microphone right now. Um, <laughs> I'm distracted by the clock and, and everything else. Yeah. in the room and outside of the room and in my head. Um, so when I do meditate, it's for only a couple of minutes, but those only a couple of minutes feels like a whole lot longer to me. Um, it's beneficial, but but you're right. There, there definitely are other ways, um, and everyone has a different way. For sure. Do you feel like meditation has been the best way, or I, I guess I want to rephrase that. Do you feel like what do you feel like is the best way for you to develop a sense of mindfulness right now? I think um, setting reminders on my phone yeah. to take a break is the biggest thing. For sure. Not only from what I'm physically doing, but everything that's going on in my head, everything, all the chaos yeah. happening up there. Um, for sure. And taking some time to step back, not, not even to put order to everything necessarily, mm -hmm. but just to recognize um, that I need a break sometimes, and then I can go back at it and, and tackle things from a renewed um, sense of energy. I love that you say that, that it's not about like trying to put everything in order, but just being able to be aware of it. Definitely. Because I feel like a lot of people, what what's, all of us have been taught is that when your house is not in order, you've got to fix it up, right? Uh -huh. But sometimes... So with with actually like house cleaning and stuff like that, you should probably clean it up. I'm not saying go clean up your house, but with mindfulness in particular, it's about recognizing those things and being at peace with them, right? Yep. Recognizing that there's nothing that you need to fix. And this isn't to say that 
you are tr trying any less to bring more, like to reduce the severity of your ADHD, right? Uh -huh. But it's just saying that instead of focusing on trying to solve a problem, you're focusing on calming down in the moment. Right? Exactly. And I think that helps out a lot more. And, and I know I have some friends with anxiety. Um, and the more they think about fixing their anxiety, the worse their anxiety gets. Yeah. But when they can step away from their anxiety um, into a new perspective and, and look at it from afar almost, um, it helps them find some peace. And, and they realize that it's, you know, it's only a temporary thing um, for most people, thankfully. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but it, it can really help just taking a break for a minute and, and being at peace with yourself and realizing that it's okay to feel and be human. Right, right. I'm thinking of an analogy right now to kind of compare that. Is It's kind of like fishing, right? Where you're sitting on a boat, and the more you think about getting a fish, the longer and more awful the experience becomes, right? Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it drags on. It's kind of like looking at the clock. The longer you or the more you try not to think about the time or the more that you do think about the time to try to make it go by more quickly mm -hmm. the worse the situation gets right? absolutely um yeah yeah absolutely so coming back to your experience um we gotta cut this part where are we going next um what, what so, did you learn from being mindful or oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Is that a good what, question? Yeah. Like what have I learned after my experiences developing my Great. Okay. Uncut. So going back to your experience uh, or that you shared earlier mm -hmm. um, about the first time you meditative or. <laughs> the first time I meditated. <laughs> well, let's cut this part too. Um, so going back to the first time that you. I can't even focus right now. <laughs> so going back to the first experience that you shared about uh, when you meditated the mm -hmm. first time, um, you know, what did you learn from that, that mindfulness experience? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like the first thing that I learned in that moment was that there are different ways to work through the challenges that I was facing and that I am facing right now. And I know that taking that question and taking the big picture in mind, I know that my mindfulness practice in general, and as I've cultivated a stronger sense of mindfulness, um, it's really helped me learn how to exist with difficult emotions and difficult feelings and sensations that come up without you know, necessarily looking at them and saying, that it's good or bad. You know, it helps me take a look at these experiences and, and step back, right? From trying to be too engaged with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And or <clears throat> or without numbing it, as you right. said, you you learn to to not just live with it, but um to live while all that stuff is happening inside of you. Right. Absolutely. And I I think the best way to describe it is that, you know, there, there are, of course, there are more ways than these three, but primarily the way I see it is that 
when you have an experience, whether that be like a difficult thought, a difficult emotion, or like a difficult sensation in your body, you can either fight it, you can either run from it, which, you know, would be numbing or something like that. Yeah. Or you can stay in that experience. And although staying in the experience sounds the most like ridiculous, like if you're experiencing it's kind of it's not to say like if you step on a nail stay stepping on the nail because that's that no that just doesn't make sense have you tried that it's, i i haven't actually my foot you know generally pulls away once you know oh, contact but well, i should probably go see a doctor <laughs> <laughs> i mean what it's saying is that you know when, when that pain arises you can try to be to fight it and be frustrated with it you can try to numb it and run away from it you know pretend that the pain isn't there or you can allow yourself to experience the pain. And <clears throat> it's, it's hard to describe because it's, uh, it's really counterintuitive to a lot of what we've been taught, right? That when you're having those experiences, sticking with it isn't usually what people want to do. Right. And these experiences with meditation, with mindfulness, have helped me learn that when we're doing these things, when, when I'm having these difficult thoughts, to be able to sit with them and be at peace with them. Um, or even difficult emotions such as you know depression and, yeah. and anxiety. Right. Um, and a lot of people want to get away from that right then. Mm -hmm. And what they do is, is they just push it down deeper and it becomes a deeper problem, right. a bigger problem. Whereas they, you can... Um, with mindfulness, you know, recognize that depression is happening to you right now and that you can, you can weather the storm and, and feel it through until it's run its course. Right, right. I think another really great example of that to illustrate what you're saying is, and I, I use this analogy a lot, that mindfulness is kind of like if you imagine everything you're feeling is like the ocean, your perceptions are the ocean, right? Uh -huh. what, what you're experiencing is an ocean. And these waves are a lot of, the waves that occur on that ocean are like those different experiences. And you're on like this teeny tiny boat out on this wave, ocean of experiences. And a lot of these waves will rock you back and forth. And some of them will like try to throw you over. And the thing about these waves is that the more that you fight against them, the more futile it becomes, right? Oh yeah. And when you learn to sit back and be at peace with the waves, the less stressful those waves become, right? That as they come towards you, you're not thinking about how am I going to fight this? How do I get away from it? You just let your boat coast over it. So I think moving forward, one of the, like another one of the big lessons that I learned. So I, in recap of that, what? 10 minutes left. In recap of that, you know, I, I learned how to be, to exist with, with these difficult emotions and sit with them. I think another one of the big things that I learned is how to live more fully in the present um, rather than allowing things to carry me to and from it, right? Yeah. And the best way I can describe this is that when I would sit down to do a task, I was always thinking of the ne next task I had to do, mm -hmm. right? Or like when I was going for a hike, I was always thinking of the next place I had to be on the hike, the next point that I had to get to. Right. 
And the issue with that, or, or in relation to the past, like the past always constantly coming up and distracting me from the present moment. Sure. And mindfulness has taught me how to appreciate and live in the present moment. Because I learned that when I would think about the trail and just focus on the trail ahead, I was missing the beauty of the trail here and now, right? Of the experience here and now. Right. And life is made up of here and nows. Exactly. That's what creates the past, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you can be present in the present, I think you really live a more fulfilling life. Right. And a more memorable life for sure. It's kind of like if you are constantly thinking about, you know, if you're going on a vacation and all you can think about is say like you're going to the beach, all you can think about is the beach, then the entire trip, the way to the beach means nothing, even though there's an enormous amount of beauty between where you are and the beach, right? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think one of the other major lessons that I learned was using these mindful techniques to help me limit and change the way that I coped with reality, kind of like we talked about. But in particular with, you know, I, I wrote, you know, cravings, depressive thoughts, anxious feelings, and other just unhealthy emotions and behaviors. So, you know, when, when I would feel depressed, my thing was I've got to take something to get me moving, to make me feel something, you know? Yeah. Like, I was scared of feeling that way. Like I would have to go drink 200 milligrams of caffeine or something like that. I, I had it dosed out or I would have to go have a cigarette or I would have to go do something like that in order to keep myself from feeling that, you know, just, just like need to lay in bed because it made me feel not like, like it made me feel like I wasn't doing anything useful or worthwhile. Right. And I think as I've learned to, accept it instead of running away from it, kind of like we talked about, it's made an enormous difference in how I relate to these experiences. They're not good, they're not bad, they exist. And the fact that I'm experiencing it probably indicates something deeper, but it's an experience that you know, I, I can choose to live in, in the present moment. Well, that's a, I mean, a pretty deep realization, I think. And that's something that I've only recently come to find out for myself is that experiencing what there is to experience when it comes is quite frankly, it brings me joy yeah. in actually living my life rather than, than pushing it off um, and living in the future as, as I do. Yeah. Brock is very prone to living in the future. And so actually I'm, I'm curious to know like what, what's an, an example of that in your life right now? So I have goals. Um, you have goals? I, I do. I have a couple. You, what? <laughs> and I work towards yeah. that. Um, but the thing is, is that once I reach my goal, um, there's no reward for myself. There's no true sense of fulfillment because I have the next goal already prepared. So when it's, it's a vicious cycle looking towards the future because you never, once you get to the future, you don't live in the present. So when you reach that goal, you don't reward yourself. You don't feel the sense of achievement because you're in the future still. Because you're constantly thinking about the next goal that you have to obtain. Exactly. Right? So it doesn't feel like you really accomplished anything. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some concrete examples when you've done that. 
Does your pen collection count? I know that you've been a lot, you, you've had a challenge with that when it comes to knowledge and needing to know things. Oh, definitely. I, I actually have a list of things I need to learn or I want to learn, I should put it. Yeah. Um, and the list keeps growing and growing. And so the more I learn, um, the more unfulfilled I feel because if learning everything is my goal, then, I mean, I'm never going to get there. Right, right. It's kind of like you're almost trying to climb that mountain trail to get to the peak. But it's like when you get to that peak, you're like, but there's a bigger peak over there. Exactly. Or it may not even be a bigger peak. You're like, maybe the view will be better over there. Or just different. And that, that right. appeals to me. Right. And I know that I've seen that change in you recently, which is really awesome um, to notice how you exist more fully in the present. Because that's something, like we said, really had a hard time with. Oh, yeah. Um, do you, And you feel like that's added a lot of fulfillment to where you're at right now? I do, you know, and my wife will tell you the same thing, that I'm, I'm a different person because I take the time to feel. Feeling hasn't always been my, my strong point, and it still isn't, but I'm, I'm definitely working on it. And yeah. mindfulness, I mean, it allows me to acknowledge the fact that I'm feeling. Right. Whether it's, you know, love or, or hopelessness, I, I can know what I'm feeling. Right. And I think you, I remember that you always had a really hard time identifying those emotions. Definitely. And knowing what to do with them. Because I, I think some of them scared you, some of them you just didn't want to deal with. Or I didn't know how to deal with. Right. And mindfulness, it sounds like, has started to give you an understanding of how to deal with them. For sure. Or even that, you know, they exist. And I'm understanding that every emotion is a little bit different and unique in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, and understanding, you know, what I feel and when I feel it. And that's very insightful to me. And that, it's like um, emotions 101 or going to elementary school for emotions um, is figuring out that you are feeling and then focusing on um, what you're feeling and, and when you feel it. And then you can graduate to middle school or junior high or wherever you go from there. Yeah. Um, but I'm still in that very early phase of, of just acknowledging my emotions. Right. I mean, again, because you, you have historically been the king of, you know, emotional suppression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of experiences I've had with Brock where he just almost refuses to experience those things. And it's not intentional. It's just something that through, you know, his upbringing kind of manifested itself as a method of survival. Right? Yeah. And where I didn't necessarily have the time or the safety to feel things. Yeah. It was always you know, dodging another bullet. Not literally. Right. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for that. Um, just to clarify, was not getting shot at. Um, <laughs> anymore. No. <laughs> but that there wasn't any real time for me to to focus on that or I had to su suppress it and focus on you know my other basic needs. Yeah. And and feeling wasn't a basic need and I could get by without it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I had to find other solutions. And now that I'm in a place where I'm married and I'm supporting myself and my wife and we just got a second dog, so that's been really nice. Fun. Baby number two, technically. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I'm in a place where I have the time and and the energy, really, to to focus on myself and my emotional development, mm -hmm. and that's made all the difference. I mean, now I I feel the joy 
that my second dog brings. Yeah. Whereas before, I mean, even with my first dog, like, yeah, it's a dog and it's an animal that lives with us and it costs us money. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. Um, but with the second one, I, I feel the joy. Yeah. And it makes all the difference. For sure. I appreciate you sharing that because I think that really helps give some insight in, into how it's helped you and made a difference in your life. And I, I know like seeing that has been an amazing journey for you. Definitely. And I do want to say, as we wrap up here, that one of the most important things to realize is that mindfulness isn't the cure, right? It's not as if you can just stop going to therapy, stop oh, taking sure. medications. But the thing is that mindfulness opens a whole new door of opportunities to grow and, and find that peace in addition to what you're already doing, right? Definitely. And the reason I say that is because mindfulness was one of many tools that I was using as I started my journey. I was also on medication. I was going to therapy and on top of exercising, getting enough sleep. You know, I, there was a very strong regimen of different tools that I was using. So with that, want to uh, thank all of you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, once again, this is Aiden. And this is Brock. And we appreciate you stopping in to listen to the Meditative Aiden podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.